Today's episode is sponsored by Datadog, the cloud-scale monitoring service that provides comprehensive visibility into public cloud, hybrid cloud, multi-cloud environments with over 250 integrations. Datadog unifies your metrics, logs, and distributed request traces into one platform, so you can investigate and troubleshoot issues across every layer of your stack. Use Datadog's rich, customizable dashboards and algorithmic alerts to monitor cloud migrations in real time. To start a free trial today and Datadog sending you a free t-shirt, visit datadoghq.com slash cloudcast to get started. That's datadoghq.com slash cloudcast. Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome back to the Cloudcast. We are coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. So we continue to move into October. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody is uh, doing well, feeling well. Things are going well uh, in your life. I wanted to bring a little bit of cloud news of the week. Kind of a, an interesting week for open source. Uh, kind of the theme for this week's cloud news of the week. Couple of pieces of news. Um, the first one is Elasticsearch. Uh, the company Elastic, uh, creators of Elasticsearch. Um, you know, they've been trying very, very hard to sort of protect their brand, if you will, which lots of companies try and do. Uh, a little bit, uh, a few weeks ago, they had a sued company called SearchGuard, who were uh, trying to use um, their uh, their trademark or their name. Um, and then recently, they just uh, announced a lawsuit against AWS and the AWS services that include the name Elasticsearch, as well as Amazon's open distribution for Elasticsearch. Um, you know, uh, obviously, you know, Elastic is trying to maintain themselves as a business. They've been, uh, I believe, public now for just a little bit, a little while. And, and obviously, they're, you know, they're trying to maintain their ability to uh, kind of protect their intellectual property, if you will. Um, obviously, this kind of becomes a difficult thing in open source since your software is out there. Um, Elasticsearch has a mix of open source and open core or proprietary, if you will. So uh, just kind of something to keep an eye on, um, you know, uh, how these companies that uh, that sort of, you know, have an open core business model are, uh, are competing and when they use technology to compete and when they use uh, legal actions or other business tactics. The other thing that was in the news this week was sort of interesting, uh, and it's been sort of percolating under the surface for a little while if you've been paying attention to some of the sort of cloud native type of technologies. Um, there's two technologies that are sort of uh, important in this story. One is Istio, which is a service mesh technology that was uh, originally created by, uh, by Google and IBM and uh, uh, the folks who work on Envoy and so forth. Um, and then another technology called Knative, which we've talked about here on the show. We talked about it just recently um, with Sebastian. Uh, both of those technologies were both sort of originally, for the most part, incubated at Google. Um, a number of other companies are obviously participating in those open source communities. They are open source technologies. And a lot of people thought that eventually, just like with Kubernetes, Google would donate them to the Cloud Native Computing Foundation so that there would be sort of official, formal, open governance model around the project as opposed to having one vendor um, sort of leading the project, being on the uh, steering board and all those sort of things. Um, and Google came out and made a formal statement this week that they do not intend to uh, donate either Istio or Knative to the Cloud Native Computing Foundation, at least not at this time. So kind of ruffled some feathers uh, out on the Twitter community. Um, you know, obviously these don't make the projects non-open source. It's not as if Google is trying to make them proprietary, but it does raise some concerns uh, within the community of, you know, how much 
companies should continue to be uh, contributing to them, uh, how much, uh, you know, what, what this means from, a, from an open perspective, especially when you consider how successful uh, the CNCF has been as a governing body. Uh, the CNCF has really proven to be a very good neutral place. Uh, they do a very good job of marketing the projects, of uh, providing governance that uh, allows lots of vendors and lots of individual contributors to actively uh, participate on sort of an equal footing. Um, so it is interesting to see that Istio and Knative, which are kind of considered next generation technologies for uh, for Kubernetes and for cloud native, um, are not yet going into the CNCF. So something to definitely keep an eye on. Uh, good news, they still are open source projects. I would still expect um, all of the major companies that are contributing and supporting those to continue doing that. But uh, it will be interesting to see what this does, especially to say at the service mesh market, where we do see a lot of alternatives, things like Linkerd, the work that Solo does. Uh, you know, we talked about a few other um, uh, service meshes here recently, or whether or not this SMI uh, service mesh interface kind of standard becomes something that more and more companies are looking at. So, definitely something to look at. Um, kind of an interesting week again in open source. Open source is always interesting in terms of you know people kind of. Uh, want to think sometimes it's a business model and it's really a technology model and then figuring out the business model on top of open source is always an interesting thing to watch. So with that, I'm going to wrap it up. We have a very kind of interesting, different conversation this week. We're going to talk a little bit about Azure. We're going to talk about Azure as a set of services that are out there in the market. And then we're going to look at kind of the MSP market and how the MSP market um, interacts with Azure and how services can be delivered uh, for MSPs that have close relationships with maybe small and medium customers um, built on top of Azure. So excited about that. We're going to talk to the folks from Nerdio and uh, let's get to that interview. Today's show is sponsored by Pricing Wire. Think about all the time, effort, uncertainty, and everything else you are investing into the software solution you're building. Pricing Wire has helped more than 1,000 software and technology innovators like you take a proactive approach to both discover and get paid what you're truly worth. From early startups to Fortune 500 enterprises, across verticals and around the globe, Pricing Wire delivers easy-to-understand and actionable recommendations to guide your monetization and pricing strategy. If you want to avoid unnecessary challenges or costly regrets, and prevent missing time-sensitive revenue opportunities, PricingWire can help. Just go to pricingwire.com and book a strategy session today. PricingWire helps technology innovators like you design the right offerings, better quantify and message value, set and change prices, select the right pricing metrics, or even decide if usage-based pricing is best for you. Why wouldn't you want to achieve your revenue goals faster and with more confidence? Learn more at pricingwire.com and start making meaningful progress today. And we're back. It is good to be back with everybody again. And, you know, we obviously, if you follow the show for a while, you know that we, we try and give a pretty good amount of equal time to all of the major cloud providers. So the the Amazons and Googles and Azures of the world, kind of the, the trends that they're setting um, from a big picture perspective, the types of services they're bringing into the market. And one of the things that we don't necessarily always uh, spend a lot of time in, and it's not uh, for for lack of wanting to, but you know there is a whole ecosystem sort of downstream from the main cloud providers in terms of um, you know not every company is capable of of hiring uh, you know rock star six seven figure talent. Sometimes there are some unique things that companies need in terms of vertical markets, unique applications, and so forth. And there's an entire ecosystem of companies that are helping make that possible uh, on top of what the, the new cloud providers are delivering in terms of that. And today we get a really interesting chance to to talk to one of those companies and talk to somebody who's leading the way in that. So very, very excited to have Joseph Landis, who is Chief Revenue Officer from Nerdio. Joseph, welcome to the show. It is great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. 
Yeah. So before we dive into Nerdio, um, we're going to talk about kind of uh, what Nerdio does and what they they do and help provide. Um, let's talk a little about your background because you've got a, a very rich background, uh, especially in the Microsoft space. So tell us a little about yourself. Sure. Uh, well, you know, I worked for one company for 23 years, and now I've worked for a second company for 10 months. So okay. I left college. And I went out to Redmond, Washington to work for Microsoft, and I stayed for 23 years. Most of the time I was there, I was uh, in the product groups and product management roles. And about the last 12 years or so, I was out in the field in the Microsoft sales and marketing organization. Uh, Most recently, I led sales and marketing for Microsoft Brazil. Uh, prior to that, doing a similar role in Microsoft India, spent a lot of time in the in the different emerging markets. But really, I'd say the last seven, eight years, I was deep in the Azure ecosystem and really trying to help companies of all sizes move to the cloud and move to Microsoft Azure. So when I met Vadim Vladimirsky, the CEO and founder of Nerdio at uh, Microsoft Inspire, Uh, a little more than a year ago, I was so blown away by the technology that we have and the the problem set that it solves that I went into my boss at Microsoft and said, uh, hey, Joel, I wanted to let you know I'm leaving Microsoft to go to Nerdio, which, you know, that line in and of itself sounds a little bit funny, I think, to people. But uh, I left and I haven't looked back. I've enjoyed it immensely in my 10 months at Nerdio. And as you say, we're in a super, super interesting space and look forward to uh, talking more about it today with you. Yeah, it is. Uh, I spent 14 years at Cisco early in my career. When you leave, you you have a perspective on the world from from sort of a, a, a big place and you, you go out and you realize that, that there's a lot of different perspectives um, from the technology ecosystem that that you have from not being maybe at one of those really, really large companies. Um you know, Nerdio is a company. We're going to dive into to what they do. Um, your specialty is really around enabling managed service providers, um, especially given your experience uh, in working with with ecosystems out in the field and, and working with you know different companies that are much closer to to end user customers sometimes than than the big corporations are. Give us a sense of what is the ecosystem. You know, how do you kind of think about the ecosystem of of companies uh, providers? that are building services that, that leverage Azure. How do, you, how do you think about that in kind of a, a bigger picture? Yeah, well, well, as you say, it's broad and it's vast. And I think to sort of pick up on the, on the point you made when I was at Microsoft, certainly I was exposed to the many hundreds and thousands of companies that were building entire businesses on the back of Azure. I mean, all you need to do is go into the Azure marketplace and start scrolling down, you'll see all kinds of companies that are doing super, super interesting work on Azure at the IAS, uh, on the IAS side, PaaS, SaaS, um, and everyone's got the kind of their own take on it. And I think the great thing about the ecosystem is that, you know, certainly there are people who compete with each other, but, but more often than not, you'll run into people that are just really making the experience for customers uh, great. You know, um, there's there's all kinds of companies out there. You know, you could take a, a great company uh, that we know here called Cloud Checker, right? I mean, they're they're also a cloud management platform, but they focus on something really totally different than we do, which is which is much more sort of the reporting and the analytics to help users optimize their Azure deployments. 
And you could just, again, go down the list. Microsoft made an acquisition yesterday uh, that I'm sure some of your the folks listening to the podcast will have heard of Movera. Movera is another you know, super interesting company uh, that's been around, I think, 11, 12 years and um, really in the Azure migration space. So because Azure is so broad and it encompasses just sort of so many pieces and so many services, it's, it's quite frequent that you'll go to a show, you'll, you'll talk to someone and they'll say, yeah, I work for this super interesting Azure ISV. And um, it's just a great, great ecosystem. And I think the great news for folks who are out there thinking about moving to the public cloud uh, is that, you know, your life is going to become great when you move to the cloud, because that's what everyone out in the ecosystem is doing now is building solutions that will make the end user experience amazing in the public cloud. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to come back to that idea that, that you talked about in terms of, you know, when you have access to, you know, probably literally over, you know, a hundred and some odd services these days, what that means in terms of market segmentation. But before we get to that, let, let's talk a little bit about, about Nerdio. Um, your, your world uh, sort of sits in between Azure and, and MSPs, managed service providers, but give us some depth of what does, what does Nerdio provide? How do you help uh, MSPs be successful? And then, you know, kind of what's the, the end customer interaction uh, between you and, and MSPs and so forth? Sure. So Nerdio's mission is to empower MSPs to build successful cloud practices in Microsoft Azure. And to understand what we do at Nerdio, I think you first have to start by understanding what some of the challenges are in the MSP space. And you also have to understand sort of what an MSP is. So, so let's start with the beginning, right? An MSP or a managed service provider um, can mean many things to many people. But typically, the way we define it uh, is sort of that hyper-local IT company that serves end, cust uh, end customer organizations, let's say small and mid-sized businesses, within probably a 50-mile radius of where they operate. So imagine, you know, let's take a, a city like Bellingham, Washington, where we've got a great partner out there called Litsia. So they will service small and mid-sized businesses within 50 miles or so of Bellingham, Washington. They're not going to go out and serve customers probably in New York. And most of these small and mid-sized businesses don't have their own IT departments, and they really rely on the MSP for all their IT needs, to manage their IT, to, to decide everything from you know what IT they need, what operating system they need, what applications they need. Just It really runs the gamut. Um, now, when you think about these MSPs and you say, well, you know, how have they made money over the years and how have they existed? It largely has been in the on-premises world. They've gone out, they've bought, bought a server, let's say, bought some desktops, gone to the customer site, installed them, managed them, monitored them, and that's been their business. But increasingly, there's a realization uh, that that model uh, is becoming somewhat antiquated. And the public cloud is not the future, but it's the here and now. So then you say, well, if I'm an MSP and I want to build a cloud practice in Microsoft Azure, you know, what are, what are some of the challenges that they face? And we hear three challenges more than any other. The first is that an MSP will say, hey, it's expensive for me to do that. Not the price of Azure, but 
that if I've never done anything in the public cloud, if I've never done anything in Azure before, and I need to now go out, you know, again, let's say in, in, in Bellingham, Washington, and find an Azure expert or retrain my staff on Azure, there's going to be a real expense to my business. The second challenge we hear is that Azure is complex. And I know we'll talk about that, as you said, in a few minutes. But, you know, Azure is more than a thousand different services across IaaS, SaaS, and SaaS. How do I, as an MSP, get my arms around that and learn how to architect an Azure solution and then manage that Azure solution uh, and environment uh, for my customer? And then finally, the challenge that we hear maybe sometimes more than the other two are that for me, the MSP, it feels risky to move to Azure. Why is that? Why risky? Because again, I've grown up and I've built a business uh, in the MSP space on premises. I know what it costs to go out and buy a server for my distributor, to manage it, to monitor it, to monetize it. Now you're saying, welcome to the world of consumption, which is how, as we all know, public cloud computing works, where you pay for what you consume. So an MSP says, well, how do I charge for that? You know, how is that billed? How do I make money doing that? And there's this myth that you can't make as much money in the public cloud as an MSP as you can on premises. And in truth, it's quite the opposite. You can make even more money. You can make a lot of money. You could do super well doing that. So those are the challenges that we hear from MSPs in terms of building a cloud practice in Azure. Yeah, now, and I think you and I think sorry, you hit on, and you and I think you hit on you hit on a couple of things that we hear, uh, you know. So my my regular day to day job, we're you know we're dealing with companies that are they're going through transitions, technology transitions, and and a lot of them are saying similar types of things. You know, one of them is, um, you know, we we realize there there can be benefits of the cloud for for various reasons, cost, scalability, whatever, but you know it does feel like there's a learning curve to get there. So you know how do we deal with that? Um, and then, and then, you know, you mentioned sort of locality, which may have used to have been a, an advantage, um, sometimes now becomes a disadvantage because it's, how do I hire people into, into this location when, you know, somewhere else may be more attractive that used to be an advantage. Now it, it becomes less an advantage. And it is, it's a, I think it's a, a mindset difference where you have to say like, okay, what used to scare me about the cloud, maybe I just accept as the new normal and, and then you figure out how to, how to adapt around that. I think that's totally right. I think that's totally right. And, and again, um, for those who are doubting it, I mean, just sort of um, look at how Microsoft and, as you said, the other two cloud providers are rapidly building data centers and availability zones around the world. I mean, you're not, you as an MSP are never going to be able to compete with that kind of capacity. So why not use it as an advantage to you as you build your business and leverage the hyperscale that Microsoft is building with Azure to bring that compute power to your customers? So yeah. if you think about Nerdio and, and the challenges that we spoke about, you know, so we're, how do we solve those challenges? So we've made investments. Uh, with Nerdio for Azure in four primary areas. The first is deployment. So we've created with our with our flagship product, Nerdio for Azure, the ability for an MSP to deploy a complete IT environment in Azure in under two hours and without the need for an engineer. So how does that work? So the MSP would go 
they would get their Azure subscription from what Microsoft calls the, the CSP distributor, the indirect provider, like a, like a Pax8 or an Ingram or a SureWeb. They'd get their Office 365 from them. They'd plug it into our tool, and then we would build through automation everything from your domain controller, your file server, your application server, Active Directory, virtual desktops, including the upcoming Windows virtual desktop, your Office 365 environment. So imagine you're an MSP trying to do all of this by hand. It could take you a few weeks to do that, and you'll probably make a lot of mistakes along the way. Or you could use Nerdio for Azure and use a fully automated solution like we have to, to build this uh, in, a, in a completely different way, much faster and much more accurate. So that's the first major investment area we've made with our product. Yeah. The second... Oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's it's an interesting, it's an interesting perspective because I think you know for for those of us that, that kind of live and, and and breathe the cloud all day long and, and kind of are are in technology all day long, you know sometimes you go well you know the, the, these these concepts that you have in technology they just transfer to the cloud. Um, I, I'm I am constantly surprised at at how much people sort of struggle with even the the slightest of differences and 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 what was interesting to me is you know it's we were looking into Nerdio and kind of is you don't just sort of go, Hey, we, we made it, you know, one-to-one mapping between a server and some instance in, in Azure, you kind of present it as if you're talking to people who don't necessarily, not that they don't want to know the technology. They don't want to care about it. They just go, this is how many users I have. These are the types of things we want to do. These are the services we want. Just go take care of it for me. And like that, that is a very powerful concept that, uh, uh, you know, I, it's like you said, the more you can deliver that, the less mistakes get made, but but also it's it's more understandable by the people that, that have to end up using the technology. Yeah, you know, a lot of times people ask us, well, can't I use the Azure portal to do what you're saying? And right. we're like, absolutely, you can use the Azure portal. We are an interface into the Azure portal. Um, but I think you need to think of it from, you know, our mission, our goal is simplicity. We're all about making things simple for MSPs. So if it's going to take you 20 steps to set up a VPN, a site-to-site VPN in the Azure portal, for us, it's clicking a button. And we'll do the automation on the back end for you, right? So uh, nothing's stopping you from using the Azure portal or the Azure calculator or other tools that are out there. But most MSPs we speak to say, look, you know, I'm super busy. I've got a lot of clients to take care of. Make things as simple as possible for me. So that's a, a guiding principle of ours uh, at Nerdio. The, the second investment area we've made is in our packaging and pricing. We've created something called uh, the Nerdio Cost Estimator. And the idea there is that, again, uh, if you're an MSP, you want to know what is it going to cost me to procure Azure from my distributor or Microsoft. Uh, and it's hard to do today with the Azure calculator. I mean, coming from Microsoft, I think I could attest to that. It's not the simplest thing to do in the Azure calculator. And the Azure calculator was not necessarily designed for an MSP scenario. So we've created a wizard-based calculator that allows the MSP to go in, type in the input on the customer environment, and it will spit out a per-user, per-month price that the MSP can then take, put their margin on top of it, and then offer it up to their customers. So it really makes life a lot easier for them, a lot more predictable for them when it comes to understanding what it will cost to procure Azure. 
Yeah, and that's and that's nice because it's you know like you said the the you know Azure itself provides a bunch of capabilities in terms of if you're smart enough to figure out the pricing, do you want reserved instances? Do you want on demand? Do you want to do spot? Do you want to do other t- and those are all great and super sophisticated. But at the end of the day, if if you just simply want to go, I want to know what my costs are going to be. Um, you know, being able to make that simple is is super important. I mean, it's it's super important and super powerful. Yeah, you know, maybe the next uh, podcast we could do is uh, the topic of how to make money selling Azure because I think you're touching on it there. Um, if you are an MSP and you decide, hey, you know what? I don't want to fiddle around with all these things. I'm just going to buy, I'm just going to swipe my credit card and buy Azure sort of in a pay-as-you-go way. You can do that, but it will be the most expensive way you could buy Azure. Now, if you leverage things like you mentioned, like reserved instances, Azure hybrid usage with software subscriptions, uh, auto scaling, you know, choosing specific virtual machines like the B-series virtual machines, burstable virtual machines, you can really uh, increase your margins dramatically. And the great news is that the cost estimator that I mentioned takes all of that into account. So we show the MSP, you know, here's what it will cost you if you will deploy a one-year or a three-year reserved instance. Here is how many cores you need to bring over to take advantage of Azure hybrid usage, and here's the savings that you'll have. So by using the calculator, um, it gives you that accurate price, but it also exposes the MSP to cost savings opportunities that they may otherwise not have known about. Yeah, and I, and I think that's I think that's really important. A lot of times, you know, we we talk about technology and the the richness of technology, or how you know prices are coming down. You know, there used to be a thing that would get talked about a lot, and whether it was Microsoft, I mean, Microsoft used to talk about this a lot. VMware used to talk about this a lot. If you know, like as an individual company, you can only scale so much, right? Our industry really survives because of. Uh, the ecosystem around it, the partners around it, people that can that can do you know customizations, and and if you're not making it easy for the broader ecosystem to make you know a bigger multiple of of revenue than you do, and Microsoft used to talk about this, you know they they made there was ten dollars in the ecosystem for every one dollar or whatever the number was, um, you know doing these sort of things is is important for the health of the ecosystem. It's not just a matter of you know can one one individual make money or, or another, it's it's important for the broader ecosystem. So it, the, the way that you guys are pulling this together is is really, really important to help it not only grow, but also get the power of, of what can happen in the cloud out to more and more companies who then can take advantage of that. It's a, it's a, it's a powerful concept. You know, absolutely. And in fact, uh, coincidentally, uh, the numbers you mentioned are the numbers that we're driving. So for every, every dollar of Nerdio for Azure that we sell, we're driving approximately... of Azure out in the ecosystem. And as you say, that benefits, you know, MSPs, it benefits distributors, it it benefits even other ISVs who don't compete with us, uh, but who just want to sort of be part of that Azure ecosystem. So it is certainly, I think, a good thing. Um, I'll mention very quickly the two other investment areas that just sort of complete our product. The, The third is our management suite. So we have something called the Nerdio Admin Portal, that once you've provisioned your customer in Azure, the MSP can then manage that customer. And, and, and one of the other core principles of us from, uh, of Nerdio from a development standpoint is that we strive to allow the MSP to accomplish any task in three clicks or less. So everything from onboarding a user, offboarding a user, changing a virtual machine, changing storage, 
you know, you don't have to go into the Azure portal to do this. You could simply use the Nerdio admin portal, and in three clicks or less, you're off and running. Yeah. So that's the third investment area. And the fourth is optimization. We've created a set of proprietary auto-scaling technologies that allow the MSP to scale down and then scale up or scale out the Azure environment, which ultimately saves the customer money on uh, the amount of compute and, and OS time that's being used uh, by Azure, which is which is a great thing. So those are that's really when you ask what Nerdio for Azure is all about. It's deployment, it's packaging and pricing, managing and optimizing the Azure environment. And then we sort of tie that all together by uh, our website. If you go up to getnerdio.com, we've created something called the Nerdio Academy because we take very seriously our responsibility to educate the ecosystem. We have a number of, and probably I would I would venture to say the best content for MSPs up there who are looking to build a cloud practice in Azure. So the topic you and I talked about, uh, how to make money selling Azure, we have a whole paper up there showing people, you know, what are reserved instances, how to use them, how to deploy them, how to buy them, uh, things that really will help an MSP complete that puzzle of building a successful cloud practice in Azure. Yeah, no, it's it's um, it, it's powerful stuff, and I, and again, I think that the thing that that was was interesting to us and kind of kind of drew us to the just the, the the topic was, you know, it is it is very sort of holistically thought through. It's you know what what would people like this to look like if I were to draw this on the whiteboard? Um, it it hides a lot of the complexity. It hides a lot of the um, you can only benefit from this if you you know ramp up all sorts of skills and people onboarding and and um, you know and it and it packages that that all as as simple software you know value creation and so forth. So very very powerful stuff. Um, I want to kind of wrap up with with one last question. You talked about it a little bit uh, at the beginning. Uh, you know. Tons and tons of services coming out of Azure. We, you know, we see this in, in other clouds as, as well. Um, you know, having you, you've been on the other side of things when you were at Microsoft, you're now uh, you're now looking at it from a Nerdio perspective. Should 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 people, whether you're you know a small medium business or an enterprise, should you be looking at all these things coming out from the cloud providers and sort of going? I don't want to look at them holistically, but I should be looking at them in small chunks to say, you know, are they doing things to, to make it good for my specific business, my specific vertical? Is that, you know, are we, are we going to get, start getting sophisticated enough that we understand that's what this broad set of services is really is? It, it's just, you know, clumpings of things that are specific to, to size or region or, or vertical? I think so. Um, uh, you know, I'll, I'm going to answer that question in, in what you and maybe the folks listening to this will think is a bit of a counterintuitive way. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming from Microsoft, for, you know, for, for all those years and, and being so fully invested in Azure. I mean, as you say, Azure is tremendous. As an MSP, you need to ask yourself, what is relevant to me? So intellectually, as an MSP, you might be super interested to hear that Microsoft uh, is doing a bunch on analytics and machine learning and cognitive services and the bot framework. And all these services are available up in Azure, right? But most MSPs, especially the sort of hyper-local MSPs that we're talking about, are really not going to get involved anytime soon in machine learning, right? I mean, they're just not. That's not what their customers are really asking for. Um, it'll come one day, but you know they're, they're not going to be sort of setting up kiosks that have a vision API built in or anything like that. They're really going to be thinking about very specific 
pieces of Azure, you know, compute, you know, virtual machines and compute, uh, premium storage, things like, you know, how to set up um, a VPN gateway, how to do backup and site recovery in Azure, how to think through Azure Active Directory and, and, um, and some of the other automation functionality. So I think as an MSP, it's important to say to yourself, I'm going to get smart on Azure, but I'm going to get smart on the things that are directly relevant to me as an MSP. Uh, really understand those deeply. Leverage an automation platform like Nerdio to be able to easily deploy uh, and manage and optimize the environment. And then once I have that down and once I really understand that, then I can start thinking through, are there other Azure services that may benefit my customers, if not today, down the road so that you could always stay ahead of the curve. If you, if you come at it from the other way and you say, I have to learn everything about Azure and every service there is from the beginning, I think you're going to get overwhelmed. Uh, and I'd say that probably about any cloud. You'll just get overwhelmed and sort of miss what's important for you as an MSP. Yeah. No, this is this has been great. We, uh, you know, we always try and find a, a good mix between, you know, kind of getting in depth with technology and then, you know, trying to peel back the different layers of, of our industry from a from a business perspective. And this has been this has been really, really helpful for us to understand not only, you know, what the what the big cloud providers are doing, uh, you know, as you talked about, they're delivering you know, new forms of scale and new sets of services. But, you know, how does that then move down uh, and have to get consumed by the broader ecosystem. So this has been very, very helpful. I, I appreciate it. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, I want to thanks again to this week's sponsors, DigitalOcean and PricingWire. Uh, it's easy to learn more about PricingWire and book a strategy session at pricingwire.com. Joseph, I want to thank you so much for the time today. We have uh, we have learned a ton, not only about Nerdio, but about the, the Azure ecosystem and, and the MSPs who are trying to deliver uh, great services to small and medium businesses. Um, with that, folks, we're going to wrap it up for today. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate it as always that you tell a friend, that you share the show with others, that you rate it on iTunes and other places. And with that, we're going to wrap it up and we will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media. 